And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 119. Welcome. The World of Myth Bits. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts. And if you haven't noticed, we were absent last week. And if you listen, you know that's for health reasons. But we are back on track now. Before jumping into any more conversations or theories uh, with the remainder of the podcast, I really, really, really wanted to get the review episode out because I know this is one of the most important episodes um, that we do every month. So on that note, there is no housekeeping this week, which no news is good news, right? Before we start the review, I wanted to kind of give like a little little disclaimer. Uh, I would like to thank everybody for continuously submitting to the magazine. We enjoy reading all your stories. I feel too that it is definitely a large task to take on or to take on to um, present new ideas each and every month. When we tell these stories, we really should have in, in sights of, of who this is going to uh, hit home with. You know, who, who's it going to affect? Who are these stories for? Um, we kind of had this debate whether or not you have an audience or target audience. And we had this discussion of there's not an actual audience of in a fiscal way as you were to say i'm creating this product because i know it's going to hit audience ages 13 to uh, 21 say you're going to make a wallet or something you know we work in a emotional realm right being that we work in an emotional realm we need to understand that that is what people are really coming for whether it is the happy or sad or or terrifying you know feeling that they need from the story that that is what really we're seeking we understand the uh dedication and um willingness and tenacity and everything that takes to put these visions together and uh, that's no mistake these are visions of, of your own creation we also know that being creatives we need to assist each other with becoming uh, greater letting the story become greater you know all right so yeah without further ado we are going to tackle Drabble and Flash, and her first story is Cat by Doug Hawley. So what I really liked about this piece to kind of start us off um, is this 
like Hansel and Gretel-esque retelling in a, in a modern way. I thought it was fun. I feel like Doug, you're going to hear me comment a lot throughout this issue. A lot of my notes uh, make mention of holding back. And I give Doug the credit of not holding back. <laughs> like, I really um, appreciate that and applaud that effort because he went there and bravely went there. And I think it paid off. Yeah, it was just, it was it was a fun, quirky story. And I think a great introduction into the fiction section of the issue. And um, I had fun with it. Absolutely. Uh, this one was a little quirky, like you said. The the attitude that the parents, also with these demonic child, you know, are of a, a comic relief effort, right? Of um, just leaving the kid out in the forest, you know. Uh, thank you very much, sir. And our next story, My Valentine by Christopher Bice. Um, as with anything that Mr. Bice does, there's a spectacular earnestness in uh, the this one in particular that's just a short, loving piece. And I admire it for all of those reasons. And it's amazing how we're able to manipulate tragedy into beauty because that's... There's only a few ways we can cope with that reality. And I think Christopher did a beautiful job in uh, relaying a sentiment like that. So excellent work, sir. Absolutely. It was a nice little story of uh, a little love tale right there. You know, I guess you say love never dies. Or does it? (laughs) Thank you very much, sir. And next up we have Hard Times by Don DeBrawl. So Dawn always leaves me giddy, and this one is another example. I absolutely adore, I love the subtleties and the delivery, and it's all like a perfect compliment to itself. We know where the story goes after it ends, and I think Dawn deserve such an applause for the ability to lead us through an entire night with a mere suggestion within a few with less than a few paragraphs within a paragraph and some sentences um I just I love seeing where Dawn will deliver in different genres and it it always pays off and this one I just it was really delightful now, to this me. one this one's a little different from Donna. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting actually to have a comic or like a comedic take on things like okay so then you see the banner after the guy walks through it's like oh okay that's cool very nice thank you very much and for our next piece we have summoning a demon by Gabriella Balcom uh my first note was whoopsies This one was a win for me, and I want to reiterate, I understand how complicated it is to deliver absolute gold through Drabble and Flash. And Gabriella kind of of surprised me with this one. Um, It just, it worked amazingly well. And from beginning to end, there's 
deliberation from the first sentence, which I know is something that we've kind of asked from Gabriella before. You know, it's know where your story starts and where it ends from the beginning. And this one did that. And um, I I was very, very happy with that. So I thought it was a really good story, Gabriella. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty clean all over. Nice little beginning. A little mishap at the end there with the old summoning process. But uh, overall, you know, clean little tale there. Thank you very much. And next we have Sylvia by Don DeBrawl. Again, this was another really uh, amazing piece from Dawn. And I was genuinely taken aback by the ending. Like, I, I should have expected it. But, like, when Dawn kind of throws our senses off with different genres that she's giving us. And then she pulls this one out of her bag of tricks. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? Um, it just made me happy that, I mean, it was a horrible ending, like, in the sense of what occurred. But <laughs> the the delivery, the writing, everything else about it uh, was just an absolute delight. This one had more of a classic Dawn feel. Than yeah. yeah. This And I just, I don't know. It, but it did... I don't know. It's it's an evolution. Like I maybe that's why she's shooting it out because she's like, oh, you turn you coined the term classic Don, did you? <laughs> <laughs> we will trademark this for Don. Uh, but no, this was just an absolute shining story by Don yet again, and it's just a delight and presented in such a Don way. And I mean that in the highest compliments. Watch I out. just. Shugichi. <laughs> Thank you very much. And our next piece, Yummy by Gabriella Balcom. Um, that was a fun story. If there's anything I love, it's hypersexualized demons tearing hearts out of men. Uh, that brings me satisfaction. And I think uh, Gabriella's ability really shines in this piece, but I almost wish we could have had more. Uh, this is one of the ones where I was talking about where I felt like there was just some hold back. Because um, you're talking about, like, something really intense happening. And um, it just it felt a little played down, you know. And um, I, I feel like it lost some of the tenacity with the word yanking that was just i don't know like for that was me maybe but other than that i thought it was a devilishly fun good time don't hold back what about you probably use the adverb tour right as though if you were to envision the sucky by hand just like plunging into the chest and tearing the tendons around the uh the heart you know, uh, and just like tearing and making the the audible sounds of, of the, the flesh and, and guts and blood just tearing with the muscular structure. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. If you're going to give us something gru- gruesome, go just go for it. Like, be bold with it. I, it's going to pay off. Right. Just don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid of giving too much information or anything like that. Thank you very much. All right. The Phobia Solution by Peggy Gerber. I put 
Hungi Hungi Rats. <laughs> um, this one was also pretty fun, but it was also one, again, where I really felt like the story was held back a little. Uh, restraint is good, but with something like this, just go all in. Um, you know, really, really sell it. Sell us on everything. I thought otherwise it was really funny. Um, it just, it was a good, creepy story that I think everybody can relate to because everybody has some kind of phobia or another. So, of course, it's easy for us to put ourselves in those shoes and uh, be absolutely mortified. So, I really liked it, though. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, just a, a really cool concept and story. So, thank you very much, Peggy. Thank you very much. All right, and finally, our our last piece within Drabble and Flash, The Writer's Wish by Timothy Law. Um, indeed, The Writer's Wish. I, I like this one. It's a fun take on the notion of the Christian afterlife, and it's just a warm-hearted, like, piece while still maintaining the complexities of life and death. So just clean and simple and a wonderful finale to the travel and flash section section, I thought. Yeah, I definitely like how he writes in like the first person perspective. Very interesting. Thank you very much. And that will carry us over to fantasy. And a first piece D D Little League. Tuskface and Barbie Elf Elf by Glenn Bresciani. Bresciani? Correct me. I won't lie. I saw the title and panicked, and here's why. I admittedly am a failed nerd who never learned how to play D&D. So, yeah, I kind of panicked. But and it's not because I never wanted to. I just never really had anybody around me who was like, let's let's learn to play D&D. Um, Can't do it. Remember that movie, Mazes and Monsters? That's true. That's going to get you. Yeah. It'll get you. So... This story was a surprise to me. Uh, first of all, selfishly, I learned a thing or two about Dandy through <laughs> this uh, narrative. And it was just silly and cute and overall really quite humorous. Um, uh, just funny about the, the joys and the stresses of trying to pass on our traditions to our kids and it's wholesome and relatable, and I like the narrative a lot. I also adore how sassy our narrative is, or narrator is. Um, you know, granted, a little uh, bitter. A little it's chip on the old block <laughs> over Peter Jackson. Do you need to talk to him? <laughs> is there something going on there? Uh, anyway, I I liked the pleasantness and the joy of this piece, so I thought it was really, really great work, Glenn. And Thank please you. do correct me on, on the pronunciation of your last name, sorry. Thank you very much. All right. Closing the Gate by Timothy Law. So I won't lie, I love and hate this piece. I hate it because it's absolutely devastating. And I love it because it's absolutely devastating. <laughs> um, I think Timothy taking this approach was super courageous and absolutely fascinating. It's it's a hopeless story, you know, and like going on the, the reason I, I hate it is because 
it hurts to read about hopelessness. You know, it wounds us. But that's also the beauty of Timothy's talent um, regarding this piece, especially in fantasy. We expect to see our heroes succeed and win. And in one way or another, uh, at some point, or another, you know, whether they, they are facing difficulties and then they succeed. It's just, it's it's the ex- expectation. So when we see the absoluteness of a failure that Hope experienced uh, without the anticipation of any resolution, it's absolutely stunning, wounding, but stunning, and a brilliant, interesting success for Timothy to have delivered such a story. Uh, and I'm just, I'm happy to see this notion of what if we just flip this on on the head, on its head in the genre, where it doesn't work out. And I love the result. Hate it, but love it. <laughs> Wonderful work, as always, Timothy. Thank you very much, sir. And our final piece in fantasy, A Ranger's Tale, part three by Jeff are young. So far, uh, this piece has to be my favorite part, I think. Everything is starting to come together, and it's coming together beautifully. Again, and I'm sorry for being repetitive, Jeff, but my god, the atmosphere and the environment here, it's just jaw-dropping. It does so much um, of the heavy lifting, and that's that's a great thing you know because it really like it tells its own own part of the story when you are able to to kind of captivate and enrich the environment like that um and so from the seriousness of like the resources available to our hero and to the aromas it all just gave us so many variants to kind of tie everything together and I just, I, I don't know, like the order of it, it worked so well. I, I love this chapter. I think everything from here on um, out in this series, it's going to be super rewarding um, because we're accumulating, we're starting to accumulate from this story uh, all the details, all the fragments, and it's, it's just, it's, it's again, it's rewarding. And that's the kind of writing I also live for. So beautiful work, sir. Absolutely. I'm going to agree on that one. Um, he always presents these uh, stories with such uh, fantastical you know, narratives and everything like that for his characters. Like I think I said before, he writes in the style of video games. You know. So uh, as always, very much well done, sir. Thank you very much. And jumping on over to horror, our first piece. I Don't Want To by Gabriella Balcom. Um, it's kind of funny because in our last episode, um, we talked about the just world hypothesis. And this is a pristine example of that. Ultimately, I think the story ended on a delightful, hilarious note of retribution for Bernice's poor mother and grandmother um, and children. But on a note of being constructive... There was a good amount of repetition in this one. And the arguments between Bernice and her mother or grandmother, while not unentertaining, 
it just felt like the same thing over and over and over again. And you can only drive that point home so many times before it gets uh, a little sleepy. And I'm not sure if that was like a creative decision to really like just get it through our, our skulls how horrible this character is. Um, which it worked, you know, like I hated her. Uh, but we were, we were aware, we were aware how horrible she was. And at the end of the day, it's, it's classic Gabriella and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, this one seemed like a, one of those, uh, like after school lessons, you know, um, like if she didn't clean up her room, then she would turn into the mess herself. And, uh, this definitely takes that shape. Thank you very much. And our second piece from the horror genre, Premonition, by Victor Nandi. Um, let's, let's count how many times I can say love in recounting my notes for this piece. I loved it. It was creepy and jarring, and the visuals were majestic in the most eerie, terrible ways. And I hate, hate, hate making comparisons, so I'm so sorry. But on the other hand, like, I mean it in the most complimentary of ways. This story was so easy to visualize in a, like, Junji Ito way. You know, just that, like, grisly, terrible, super, uh, like, Vertigo-esque horror. And my brain was, was just, it was, like, so happy to eat all of this up. It was just so visually jarring. The pacing felt perfect. Uh, the horror was enviable and just, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved every second of this story. Um, just an amazing foray into horror in the same vein as something like, like even Final Destination, uh, but better, significantly better. And I just, I loved it. Let's not go that far. <laughs> uh, no, this was a fine tale of a hell-ridden woman. Thank you very much, sir. And next up we have action and suspense. In our first piece, The Grinners, part one, by Walter G. Esselman. Um, Joe's gonna, gonna bop me over the head, maybe. I think, personally, the two most terrifying places for... Uh, apocalyptic almost, or just really like terrifying scenarios to play out are hospitals and grocery stores because both you've got a pretty good amount, seemingly infinite amount of resources to make you feel safe, but you realize none of that really matters. Uh, so you're you're absolutely screwed. Uh, <laughs> so props to Walter for giving us that eerie, creepy setting. I'm scared. Because I don't know if it's just like the, 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 uh, what would you call it? Trauma of seeing the film The Mist. So now I'm kind of terrified we're going to get like just this like really brutal, horrible ending. Excellent film. I don't think Walter will do that to us though. <laughs> uh, but seriously, it took me uh, no time at all to become invested in this story because from the get go, it was a resounding. Uh, what the bleep is going on. And I'm so excited for the next part and to see how, how it concludes because I think there's a lot of potential and I'm really, really eager. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more on that one. Thank you very much, sir. And our next piece, The Gardeners by Steve Carr. 
Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to apologize again for bringing something else up. Uh, do you remember the movie Troll 2 from, I think it was like 92, 93-ish? Was it the guy with that he says, no? Yes, hold on. Hold on, we'll get there. Um, so I recently showed it to the resident teenager because... Um, when I explained it to him, he was like, I have to see this movie. So I showed it to him and it's really fresh in my mind. So maybe that's kind of hindering my opinion. <laughs> but anyway, 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 um, th- this story reminded me of Troll 2, but like significantly better. Please uh, don't hurt me. Original writer of Troll 2. Um, it's what Troll 2 could have been. The the story and everything. And like had it not resulted in being a cult classic film uh it's it's troll to the like uh sax fifth avenue version you know what would have been interesting is if his characters that he had that were investigating the neighbors the gardeners if he put in there a little more of a skepticism of the neighbors i think that would have been like a little cherry on top of that story because <laughs> i like, remember the way because you're talking about these these films in comparison I remember the burbs when he's like i know those neighbors are killing people over there <laughs> and uh and he goes over to investigate and his wife's like what are you doing but yeah i could not get through the last paragraph of the story without like you were were talking about earlier is just thinking uh they're eating her and then they're going to eat me oh my god stretch this out and post for like 20 minutes god (laughs) and again i mean that in the best way it was just fun it was very like like lethargic for me uh in that, in that, uh, I love Troll too, and so I love this this notion, and just a, it it was just a fun story about like two humdrum suburban characters who've been invaded by uh, an invasive species, if you will. Please don't dox me for that pun. Uh, I will stand by it and I just enjoyed it and um an absolutely delightful show of talent and an interesting take on the notion of farming you ready for this one carnivorous plants <laughs> sorry <laughs> as you can see I had a lot of fun with it so that should be the most telling uh this one was a, a fun one thank you very much sir all right and our final piece within Action and Suspense, Rustum's Interview by Padmini Krishnam. Um, I really do enjoy Padmini's concepts because they're absolutely wild and fascinating. And this one did not fall short in that arena. I thought the whole story was just an interesting idea. And of course, it spurred my imagination moving and shifting along with the story, you know. And my only bit of, of criticism is to, again, this is just, I don't know if this was like an accidental theme. It's just, don't hold back. Like, there is, it's okay. Don't, you can edit later, but get, just give us those details. Like, it it pays off. And, again, I know restraint is very important, but, like, I feel like, like Padmini's work is so, why, like, it's just, it's so creative and I don't know, maybe again, I pointed out every episode 
how spoiled I am. So maybe that's what it is. But yeah, I I would love just just more, like just a little bit more to sink my teeth into. I think um, what I think maybe what you're trying to get on about is um, what's the force that actually kept him in there? You yeah, know, like um, what what called him? Was it the the, the other afterlife that called him? What through the medium? Did the medium? Uh, was the medium even a part of it at all? You know, yeah. I definitely enjoyed this concept. Like you could take this concept astronomical levels yeah very well and that's what i mean like padmini is so good at giving us these these great concepts and just like i said just flesh it out just a little bit more and then it will be i think astounding so yeah thank you very much love it (laughs) and moving over to science fiction buck benson by jim bates So I was emotionally cursing Jim in my notes. Uh, (laughs) I just put, oh, come on. That's just a cruel way to end that story right there, that part. Uh, But it's okay. It's okay. I can wait. I'm patient. Uh, I'm really absolutely not patient, though. That's a lie. This piece was intense. Um, It was painful and scary. I don't think anything bad is going to happen, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, you can never rule that out. And so reading this, it just kept my nerves, like, on high alert. Uh, and it definitely worked. It's magic and setting us up for the conclusion. And, oh boy, I'm ready. I'm anxious and ready. Excellent job, Jim. I'm supposed to be getting my blood pressure under control, but holy crap, Best of luck to me after reading that one. Thanks. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more on that. You know, another uh, great extension by James on the old classic tales. eh? Thank you very much, sir. All right. And finally, in our humor section, Getting the Shot, part one, by Melissa Small. So first and foremost, I love the concept. The notion of an out-of-work hired killer during quarantine is one that I think could be outright hilarious and just like brutally entertaining. I also love that this is a narrative first person take on what it what goes in to (laughs) getting back into the routine of going back to work uh, no matter how unconventional uh, the career And I do think that this story could benefit from both uh, some extra proofreading, uh, but also some elaboration. You know, there are times where I really wish the dialogue and like the stream of consciousness were a bit more fleshed out and punctuated for emphasis to really drive home the humor and the type of humor behind the piece. But overall, I think it was an absolutely delightful and funny piece that's rather relevant and uh, a really fun concept. And I'm definitely curious what part two will be bringing. Yeah, I felt that she had this golden nugget. There's a little golden nugget in the middle of that story when the the, uh, the hitman was having conversations between the mm, the other agents. Right. I love how they were playing back and forth and his mm-hmm. mentality behind that. It almost reminds me of uh, like something like Jason Statham would do. Yeah. Almost, you know. Um, 
But, um, yeah, I could, I could understand where, like, there's a lot of ideas being thrown out in this one, you know. Also, sometimes I can't help but wonder if the story is just like a giant satirical piece of everything that's going on in the world. And that's why, you know, she included the, the aliens and the COVID and the hitman. Mm -hmm. Because you have, you know, during the COVID pandemic, then, then the U.S. government came out and said, oh, yeah, we have the spaceships. And you were like, what? Yeah. And, you know? and barely even like just I mean, like we knew about it, but it was so like glossed over. Absolutely. So I could imagine that this entire, the humor behind this entire piece is how astronomically odd the year has been, right? So just to kind of throw it all at the wall and then be like, okay, so here's what happened in a year. <laughs> I know. You know. Um, it's weird. Absolutely. It's weird. So uh, thank you very much. All right. So that's going to wrap up our fiction section. So jumping into poetry, our first piece, Shadow Love by Christopher Bice. Again, it's beautiful. Like Christopher Bice never fails to wind these gorgeous, gorgeous stories, albeit that just sing of so many emotions and the rawness of them. And I think this one is is a perfect example of that. Um it's just dark. No pun intended. It was it was dark, but but just very sad, you know. And I think it can kind of be taken a couple ways. And um, absolutely, um, you know, this one was a nice little tale about what is within the darkness of everything. Thanks very much, sir. All right, and moving over to our second piece. Will I Lose My Way by Michael A. Arnold. It's amazing how Michael was able to um, just paint an entire picture within just these few words. Just look how many verses you have right there. You know, just a few and there's an entire picture painted. Thank you, sir, for the imagery. Super cool piece. I loved it. Um, again, to reiterate what you said, it just it paints... It gives us everything we need to know about, uh, I don't want to say the looming adventure, but this, uh, almost like a, just a quest. I don't know. I really liked it. I, I thought it did a very lovely see, job. Yeah, I can see that. I like a quest because it is kind of like setting up for an adventure. Yeah. That's cool. However, like, subliminal or literal. Um, yeah. Super lovely. Thank you much, sir. And our third poem, Divine Spark, by Jeff R. Young. This one was stunning and beautiful, absolute romance, just a warm, majestic take on the comprehension of adoration and love. And I think this poem moves mountains to speak to your romantic partner. It just It was just stunning and perfect for, for this month. Man, my, my dude has a way with love poems. Remember that last one he did? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> and our fourth poem, Reversing the Poles by Anne Christine Tabaka. Uh, yeah, Anne never fails to deliver so much depth in each of her pieces, and I think this poem does just that. It's such a whisper, but it also feels like guttural 
does that make sense? It's it's just like this plea of hope, and it's a gorgeous, beautiful take. And the line has it always been this way? I think is the question so many people are begging to comprehend, because how could we have allowed it to get this way? And we have, you know, that's the reality of it. And it's just a, a great poem of hope and progression. So beautiful work and never, never disappointing. Absolutely. That was an interesting piece on values. Huh? Yep. Thank you very much. All right. And Faith Braver When Not Hidden by Linda Imbler. Yeah, as usual, Linda um, also is, is so um, tactful in delivering like this uh this absolute this this absolute majesty in her writing and i think this one is a great example of her talent and it just it it gives us um a lot of insight into uh beliefs and uh, just this rigorous devotion and and she just did it very well and very articulately and i, I gorgeous Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much. And next up, I'm a Riverboat Boy, Poem on Halstead Street by Michael Lee Johnson. I thought this was an interesting poem about uh, the, the the questions, you know, and, and possibly turning your back upon the faith, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. It gives us this story that almost alludes to uh, like personal disenfranchisement. Um and and really just seeking the the answers when you are kind of lost when you are are making transgressions and um maybe acting out even so yeah i just it was a really interesting take i think and and again very articulately put thank you very much sir and finally post astronaut blues by john gray this one was really cool. Um, it's not like a, a, a super, I don't want to say unique, but it's it's something we never, we think about, but we don't think hard on it. You know, it's it's kind of like any, any lived experience. Uh, it's hard to fathom somebody who's lived one way for so long and suddenly they're not living that way and to try to fathom the concept of living as as somebody who stared down at all of creation all of existence and to come back to that you know it's it's just raw and really heart-wrenching and I I think John just really took it like in this this really really sad direction and I it just it's a it's a haunting piece and I loved it it was definitely uh one that just really spoke volumes absolutely it was a definitely a lovely poem about the true meanings for each individual mm-hmm. thank you very much sir and that will do us for poetry, and we can jump over to art. Apparently, we're very athletic this episode because we keep jumping from subject to subject. Our first submission in the art 
section is Sus by Zoe M. Montoya. And I put, oh yeah, <laughs> Zoe hitting us with more digital. Uh, I, I'm very excited to see how Zoe is adapting in this uh, different uh, uh, realm of media because, again, digital is not easy. And um, I think she just, she does such, like, great work in in giving, like, delivering these stories. And I've not yet played Among Us. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but oh, I know it, enough. Is that from a game? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I know enough about the phenom uh, to know that this is a really cool take on the subject matter and the shining moment here i think in terms of technical skill is that face shield uh super efficient in delivering something that could have easily been just like 2d very boring uh but it it just it it moved the whole piece into this really dimensional take and i i don't know great great job zoe cannot Wait to see until you do more. See what you do next. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you very much. And our second piece, Cyber Seduction by Vincent May. Uh, oh, damn. This piece is amazing and amazingly cool. Like from the hair to the suggestion of the hair uh, to the palette to the proportions, everything about it is just transcendent upon a sci-fi concept in the story it's telling. And I feel like it's so fitting for the February issue. Um, it's just really super cool and clean and pristine. I love it. Oh, yeah. My dude definitely knows how to illustrate, you know. Uh, couldn't agree more. It's definitely just the coloring, the styling and everything. A little cold in that room, huh? <laughs> Thanks very much, sir. And our third piece, Bunny Boy by Talia McMullen. So recently I played through Little Nightmares 2. And if you haven't yet, please do. It's it's a beautiful, amazing game. Anyway, and the lead antagonist is a character called the Thin Man. Not a take on Slender Man. He's just a thin creepy thin man uh he becomes mostly visible through television screen and this piece gives me the same like feeling of the the gameplay when you see him for the first time um look it up it's really eerie uh it's just this like slow burn of unease and what's coming next um how will you reckon with this warped character. How bad will it be? This is a really cool and interesting piece. And I had a lot of fun getting up close to it. And really looking at all the details and the effects. <laughs> so amazing work, Talia. Loved it. Yeah, you could probably take this piece and just slap it on the cover of a horror uh, oh, comic. Easily. Something like that, huh? Easily, yeah. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice, uh, nice depiction. Thank you very much. And Black and White by Sirius Small. So I love sketches. I love when you get everything about the story from a sketch. And Sirius's piece gives me, like, everything I need. The articulation and the dedication to the anatomy. And those tiny, tiny little details that don't always, like, become super clear within, like, a sketch-styled piece. 
uh, are so clear and it gives us everything. Um, you know, the suggestions of the scars and the uh, robotics and the movement of the hair, everything, it just comes together really fluidly and beautifully. So gorgeous work, Sirius. Oh, yeah, it definitely was a nice little uh, nice little illustration there. I, I definitely enjoyed his detail on the machinery on the arm. Thank you very much. So that's going to roll us over to the reviews. Now for the fans of Kevin the Mythmaster Adams, he has a fan uh, podcast out this 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 turnaround here. In this podcast, the Mythmaster recites a handful of short, scary stories. Um, if you'd like to be featured, shoot him a line, he says, within the podcast. Thank you very much, sir. And also coming along, we have the movie review of Promising Young Woman by our own Jenna Sparks. You it's a it, long one. You gave it five stars, I see. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Big surprise there. Hey, um, it was good. No, it was as <laughs> excellent film. Um, I agreed with your review on there. Um, this is well, except for one little issue I had: the ending. And you'll, if you watch through the movie, you'll see, and you'll, everybody's gonna have their own opinion about the ending. I hated but loved the ending. You hated but loved it. Yeah, it? it was one of those like. Of course, I wish it had been something else, but I really I mean, respect the, the choice they made creatively. Well, the whole the whole movie, you know, was just this, this work of art. Thank you very much. Uh, now we have the book review of Stephanie J. Barty's The Chosen by Woo! Michael A. Arnold. He reviews the book in a different style this way, actually. More pronounced on the meaning and variety of writings, comparisons, and fantasy as a whole. Go give that a look-see. Congratulations to Stephanie for that publication. And go give that book a look over. And go give that review a look over. Thank you very much. After that, we're going to roll into the video game review of Fallout New Vegas by Jim Small. Uh, this review is interesting because of a quick, clean, and informative review of this little video game there. Um, I know Fallout is a big deal. I'm not really familiar with it myself. But excellent work on that. Thank you very much. After that, we have the art review of Augusta Rodin's The Gates of Hell by Michael A. Arnold. An informative history lesson on the classic piece, which came by accident, kind of, through his buddy through video game. So that was pretty interesting. Hmm. Happy accident. Thank you very much, sir. And then finally, last but not least, we have the commentary from the founder, David K. Montoya. This is a uh, very nice message of hope throughout the pandemic. Um, with a little teaser at the end. We'll give it a look-see. Thank you very much. And there we have it. One more down. And as I said before, thank you once again for submitting all of the stories for us to enjoy to read and speculate and contemplate and shoot ideas at the wall. This is definitely a space to shoot ideas at the wall and let them stick or not. So... Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think it's safe to say uh, the reviews are definitely uh, something we we really look forward to. And uh, we also appreciate all contributors who let us sit here and talk about your work. You know, it's it's not always easy. You know, it's not always easy on our part to, um, you know, make sure that everybody... Uh, 
understands and knows how respected they are in their craft because they are. And um, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, what the world of myth offers to not just the readers and not just the contributors, but to everybody involved in this space is is this like safe haven of um, of craftsmanship, of honing and working around and learning and evolving and, and hearing each other out. And I think that there is really nothing greater, especially as a creative, to know that there is a place like that because... The world can suck and people are mean. Um, and uh, I know a lot of people, they hold back, you know, in, in even putting their craft out there because of that. So, again, just really genuinely, um, I'm very proud <laughs> of every single writer and contributor for every ounce of the work that you do. All right, guys. Uh, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com, on Facebook and the Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine, and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Thanks for listening. Until next time. The world of myth, bitch. I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey.